When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into another Auburn Live show. Appreciate everybody for joining us. I am Justin Hokinson, uh, part of AuburnLive.com, the On3 Sports Network. If you're not a part of AuburnLive.com, please go subscribe. Um, our, our site has grown tremendously the, our first three months, so, so be a part of it. We've got a lot of great things planned. Um, AuburnLive.com, and I would appreciate it. All right, let's get into the show. Joining us today, friend of the show, Zach Blackerby from the Locked On uh, World. Yeah, you can say the locked on world. Yeah, I got promoted over there. So yeah, yeah, man, uh, a pleasure to pleasure to chat with you. You talked about your site growing over the past few months. I mean, best Auburn coverage out there. Uh, It's not even close. You guys are killing it. Man, we try. We try. Um, All right, let's talk some basketball. We'll talk. We'll talk basketball and football. But I want to talk more basketball, man, because the season tipped off and people are excited. Um, And uh, you know, Auburn's got a good a good team. They got a good team. Um, so we, they played their opener against Moorhead state, looked great, looked fantastic, had a little lull in the second half, but, um, looked really good overall. Um, just tell me your thoughts on, on the basketball season. Are you excited? What, what's got you intrigued? I I think there's a lot to love about what we saw Tuesday night. I think there's so many different dudes that are so, uh, one big, I mean, this is a massive basketball team, also very athletic, very explosive. And you've got so many different dudes that can do so many different things. I mean, you got three guards that can play both spots if you need them to. And then all of these versatile wings ranging from Jabari to, to I mean, just just guys all over the place. Devin Cambridge, is he looks to be a little bit more consistent. I mean, he was probably the most consistent shooter in that exhibition game this past Friday where they really, really struggled throughout the game. So there's just a ton of different dudes that can do a ton of different things. And also just... Talking to guys like Zepp Jasper, this team really enjoys the idea of playing defense. That's something that excites them. And that's something that really the whole team has to buy in for that to work. Hoke, you know that as well as I do. If half the team's really in and wants to play good defense, it doesn't really work. They all have to do that. And we saw that in the exhibition game this past Friday. Then we obviously saw it, especially in the first half. Um, against Moorhead State. So I think this is going to be a team where if they score 70, they're probably going to beat you just with how they play defense and the depth. I mean, it seems like there's 10 or 11 guys, especially when Flanagan comes back from his injury, that um, they're going to be able to go all gas, no breaks, just because they're going to be able to rotate guys in and out. You don't have to go hard for 30 minutes. You can go hard for 22 minutes. And, you know, that's just going to... Over the course of the season, Hoke, that's just going to be a huge deal for this team. So, ton of upside. Um, I'm just excited about the versatility of every dude on this roster. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the uh, rotation. That's a good point. So, you look at um, the the first game, the exhibition, and I, I, I right. I'd have to go look. But basically, I mean, Jabari Smith played 21 minutes. 
Um, you know, Wendell might have played 25-ish minutes. But, yeah, that's what it's going to look like. And when Flanagan comes back, it'll be a solid 10-man rotation right. where if anybody goes above 25, it would be, you know, a little surprise. I could see Flanagan um, as a guy that goes 25 just because he does everything, the defense, yeah. offense, he's so valuable. Um but but I mean that's about it, and so yeah, I think you're right. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna keep them fresh. It's gonna allow them to go out there and play some ferocious defense and uh, and get after it. And yeah, you mentioned Zepp. That guy, he is uh, he's the he's the type of defender Samir was like a lockdown defender, but he's so different. Samir was so slick and smooth and just kind of was in the right spot. He kind of could know where you're going. Zepp's uh, in your face. He had an intuition. Zepp is 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 just all hustle. Zepp is Samir had a smarts about him that he would just slide to where you're going and just be there. And J- Jared did it a little bit drawing charges, but Samir was really good at it. Zepp is just all hustle. Uh, right. And KD is that way. KD is KD Johnson's all hustle. Um, and then you go to uh, Walker Kessler's ability to block shots. Um, right. I have to go look. I mean, in the exhibition, I think he had six, he had five um, in that game uh, against Moorhead state. Um, and then you you know you look at Jabari who can block shots. When right. Flanagan comes back, Devin can get up can get up and jump. Um, and watching watching teams drive into the basket, watching Moorhead go, the amount of times they got to the basket around the lane and turned around and hesitated or didn't put up a shot or kicked it back out was was amazing. I mean, Kessler has a massive impact when he's not blocking shots because teams know he's there. Um, and so, yeah, defensively, there's not something – I don't know that there's something they don't have. They have on-ball defenders. They have rim protectors. I think their biggest thing is just going to be rebounding. You saw that in the second half. They they had a little lull and really uh, – Moorhead was more aggressive and, 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 and killed them on the boards in the first 10 minutes. That's probably um, the, the, the biggest thing they'll have to work on on defense is rebounding, just becoming that uh, aggressive team. Right. They're trying to figure that out. You got a few new guys. They got to get that mentality of of getting getting the rebounds and going after the ball. But other than that, yeah, they're they're going to cause a lot of problems on on defense. That they're closer on defense. I've told people they're closer on defense to a championship level than than on offense. So the quicker that defense can can become, you know, just you you can completely count on it, the the better. I think that'll then allow the offense to sort of pick up steam. But that defense is going to be. I mean, that defense is going to be championship level. It is. It's going to be lockdown. I think they're going to uh, face some teams that look good going into the Auburn game, and then they're going to see a defense like Auburn they haven't seen at this point of the season. That's going to be really fun, especially through the non-conference schedule, because I think it's going to throw some teams for a loop. And look, you you hear the you hear the school Moorhead State, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, cupcake, you know, type of type of win. But this is a good basketball team. And looking at what Auburn was able to do, Moorhead had that 12 minute period in the um, in the second half where they kind of you know had the upper hand. But outside of that, I mean, it was pure dominance against a team that was a tournament team a year ago, and they didn't lose a whole lot. I think their player of the year um, from last year's conference was, was still on the roster, and so. This is a tournament team, and you just look at the fact that these guys haven't played a real game together yet, unless you want to count the exhibition game, and I think they got a lot of early jitters out in that game. But this is their first real game that counted together for a lot of these dudes, and the fact that it looked that clean and that cohesive 
night one. Huge testament to the hard work and the chemistry of this group. And we've heard how well this team gets along. It seems like they already really, really like each other because they've got a lot of great personalities. Um, but also props to this coaching staff and props to Bruce Pearl because I'm shocked they looked that good night one. Just with all the newness and all the turnover and all the dudes that even coming back, they're in different roles. There's a lot to be excited about with this basketball team. This is going to be a fun group to cover. Yeah, yeah, Bruce, Bruce, um, he sent a message to him. I mean, they look, they played well in the closed scrimmage against the UAB. Um, right. I, I can't, I know some details, but I, you know, I, I can't really go into it because I don't want to be blackballed. Yeah. Um, but they yeah. played well, and UAB is a good team. Exhibition was sloppy. Orange and blue was sloppy scrimmage. Um, and, and, and he really was close to, to mixing that starting five up, and I think he got their attention. I mean, you got guys like Walker and Wendell, and these guys came here to play and start. And he's like, "Hey, look, I, I'm I, we're about to mix everything up." And I think he got their attention. I was at practice on Monday, and they looked dialed in. It's actually, especially Wendell. Wendell was very focused and dialed in Monday at practice. That's why I went on our message board and I tweeted out, "I go, hey, I think Wendell's about to have a good game because he looked really focused. He was he was communicating. Was he um, having fun? He was having fun." Um, and he just, he just, he looked like, okay, this dude's about to respond. Yeah. Um, and, and boy, and boy, did he, that's what he is, man. He's a points guard. He's a points guard. And, guard. And, I and like the, that. The more he gets, the more he gets the rhythm of the offense and all that, then it's just going to be, yeah, it's going to be like what Jared was. I mean, he's, he's going to be better than what you, Javon was special in his own ways. Um, Sharif was special in his own ways, but, but, but Wendell, um, Wendell's going to be the closest thing to Jared since, since Jared. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of moments of, of when he had two or three deep threes Tuesday night, and it's like it's impossible not to compare them at times. And you want you want to let Wendell be his own dude, right? But it's just yeah. you know Auburn fans are so excited, and they want that that fun, they want to feel that uh, that Final Four run again. And it's like, oh, this is Jared Harper out there again. So props to Wendell. And what I think Wendell played Morehead State twice last year. He averaged 18 points against them, so he's like the Morehead State killer. I mean, he he's yeah. really. He's really, really good against them. Yeah, he was fantastic. Um, you mentioned Bruce, and I think that's a good point. Um, look, when you've got four transfers, you've got Jabari Smith, a freshman, who obviously, you know, he's coming in there. Now, Jabari's a little different because Jabari knows what his future is. He knows what he he knows what his plan is. Play right. in a year, and I'm going to the NBA. Um, and he works like it, and he's focused like it. He doesn't – He's like a Coro in that he 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 mentally he's a little bit further along than a normal freshman. Like he's yeah. he's a really hard worker and he's super competitive, man. You watch him in practice, man, and he gets pissed if, if things don't I mean, he'll get mad at a coach for not calling a foul. Like he gets he's really competitive. Good. Um but the transfers are different, right? They come in and they're coming from a different place looking for a good opportunity to show their skills and to fit in. But you talk to them, you talk to the team, they just want to win. They just want to win. The chemistry on this team is as good as for, for as many new pieces meshing this together. Man, the chemistry is that of a team that's been together for three years. It, it really is, man. They just want to win. They get along well. Um, and it's going to it's going to pay dividends when they go through those laws, when they have bad moments or whatever. Right. Um, when, when you sit here and worry about minutes, right, if they're going to play 10 guys, somebody asked on our message board, how are they going to do, you know, minutes? How, how's he going to divvy up all those minutes? Well, easy. They, they all want to win. And they're all going to get, I mean, if you're part of that 10-man rotation, the low guy is going to get 12 minutes. 
It's not right. like he's going to get three or four. Um, and so they just have – there's a lot of great attitudes. KD, Chris Moore, Dylan, uh, Wendell. I mean, there's a lot of good dudes and a lot of good attitudes, and I think that's going to help that 10-man rotation – yeah. Yeah. I, I asked Zep about, I keep mentioning Zep, Zep comes on locked on Auburn uh, yeah. every Monday night. So uh, be sure to check that out. If you're not, he's, he's fantastic. He's one of the most likable people I've ever talked to in my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I asked him about that. Like, it seems like this team already really, really likes each other. And he's like, man, I, I got here in day one. I felt like these guys were my brothers and you know, I, I would do anything for them. And yeah, it's that common goal. Everybody's got that common goal in mind. And part of that is this culture of, that Bruce Pearl has created. And then when guys come in, it's, it, you know, it's like a family, they welcome you into the family. So I think part of it is that, but part of it is, I mean, Zepp talked about, he chose to come to Auburn to win one first, win the sec and then win a national championship. And it seems like everybody in that locker room firmly believes that it's not just something that they're saying at a press conference or in an interview, they legitimately believe that when one can win the sec and two can win a national championship. And if everybody's on the same page and everybody wants the same thing and everybody's got these great personalities, like you should get along. This should be a, uh, it should be fun to be a, a member of this team. And it looks like they're having fun out there. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And you talked to, Zeb mentioned it. I, I, we talked to um, Walker Kessler yeah. and, and he said, uh, he's like, man, this team can be special. I mean, he sees it. Um, and so I, I, I think they have a lot of potential. Obviously, they're they're probably gonna be a better three point shooting team than they were last year. Jabari and Wendell can can knock them down. Chris Moore, you haven't even seen much of Chris Moore. He's had, he's played well, but but he's got a lot of ability. You haven't even seen him spot up and shoot yet. Watching, yeah, hopefully he doesn't season. waste all that against uh, Missouri, and that's it. Like one <laughs> Missouri, the Chris Moore game last year. Yeah, well, Chris Moore will be De so Devin will become more consistent this year. You'll yeah. see him starting. Um, he's gonna throw alley oops and make them. Um, and, and so you'll see him um, become more of a consistent player, rebounding, defending. Chris Moore, I think, will be similar to what Devin was. Like, Chris Moore is going to flash. You're going to have games where people are not going to pay a lot of attention to him, and he's going to knock down two or three spot-up threes because um, he's got a good spot-up shot. You're going to see that from him. Um, and he's, a, he's a really good defender. Um, I think if I were looking at this team, I mean, Bruce has talked about this team just needing to gel. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, you, you look at the Moorhead State game and go, looks good to me, but you know, just, just, just wait, they're going to go to, they're going to play three games. They're going to go to the Bahamas and they're going to get top 25 UConn and they're going to get some good teams. They're going to, they're going to test them. And, and Jabari's going to go through stuff he's never gone through. And, and so is Wendell and, and et cetera. Um, and they're going to have those games where it's a tight game. So who do you go to? Those are the things that I'm kind of, you don't know until you see it. Like Alan Flanagan's the alpha on this team. Well, he's sure. not there. So when you're in a close game, how do they operate? Who do they go to? Who's it confident? It seems like early on it's Wendell. It's Wendell at, right now, right? He's if the that most game confident. last night yeah. came down to a last shot, it's Wendell yeah. taking it, I would yes. think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, like, it may vary. And this is something I talked about with Unlocked on Auburn, Hoke. But the guard rotation, for example, like right now it's those three dudes. It's... It's it's Green Jr., it's Zepp Jasper, it's Katie Johnson. And like in the exhibition game, really, it, it almost seemed like the the team was better when it was Zepp and, and KD on the floor. And then Tuesday night, I think it was best when um, when it was KD and, and Green. And, and no disrespect to Zepp, but I, I think it's just going to kind of be a different type of rotation every single night based on 
who's playing the best offensively because I think they all bring, you know, a lot of value on the defensive side of the court there. But, you know, against the ranked UConn, maybe it's maybe it's Zepp and, and Wendell that, that start popping off. And those are the guys that need the 25 minutes opposed to the 18 or, or something like that. I think every game, for the most part, is going to look a little different. And the fact that Bruce has these different tools that he can kind of pull out and say, okay, this is what we need for this specific matchup. Or, okay, I wasn't really expecting, you know, Chris Moore to have such a big game, but maybe he needs to be in a little bit more because there may be a little bit more physical down low or, or, or something like that. It, it's going to look a little bit different with all these different dudes and all these different moving parts every single game. And as uh, as somebody, you know, that's going to watch all these games multiple times, the fact that all these are going to look different is exciting. This is going to be a really fun team. Yeah, it's a versatile team. And I think you're right about that guard. I mean, that this team's going to go where the guards go, yeah. um, which a lot of teams do, but but Auburn teams more so. Um, you saw when Sharif, when they didn't have Sharif, um, you know, it struggled. And then when he was in there, they, they were better. They still lost games because of so much youth, but they had some nice wins too because of, because of Sharif being in there and some blowout wins. Um, yeah, it's going to go on how those three guards mesh and gel. And the, and the thing I like is I do think there are differences in them. Uh, I think Zepp's a different guy. He's going to match up against different teams well. Zepp's a really good driver of the basket. He obviously can defend really well. Wendell's just going to, you know, Wendell can spot up and shoot from half court. And KD right. can do kind of a little bit of both. Um, um, and so I think the I think the mix of those guys, and I think you're right. I told I told our message board. I said, "Look, um, you know, Chris Moore, Dylan Cardwell, um, Jalen Williams, and Katie Johnson. Right? Those are kind of your first four off the bench. They were on the bench. They were off the bench in like less than four minutes. Maybe four mm-hmm. minutes in, they're on. They're all. They're all on the floor. Right. I think Auburn played ten or eleven guys in the first ten minutes. Um, but those four, they might as well be starters. I mean, if if Bruce had to start any one of those guys, he wouldn't. He wouldn't bat an eye." If Chris Moore started or Jalen Williams started uh, or Katie Johnson started, there would be really no no hesitation from him. So you've really got, you know, I think Walker and Jabari are, are you know, and Flanagan. Like those are kind of the three that are probably starting every game. Sure. Everybody else I think is interchangeable. And um, it makes for a great bench. I think they had 30-something points off the bench yesterday. And that, man, that rotation to be able to go four minutes in to switch those guys in – it allows not just a good start. It allows a good first 10 minutes or 12 minutes, that prolonged period where they can really, they can keep a run going. Now there's a lot to love. And I think over the course of the season, you'll see Wendell green be added to that list as okay. Okay. This guy's a starter. Like this guy has yeah. solidified himself as, as Auburn's point guard, just because I think with what they want to do offensively, get down there quick and, you know, try to try to make something exciting happen. But but yeah, man, I mean, this is a, this is going to be a really good team. This is going to be a really good team. And I'm curious to see if there's any drop-off with what we saw Tuesday night just because of the newness and just because they still haven't been playing together long at all. Like, Friday night is a team that they should absolutely blow out of the water, but does something happen early? Do they start slow or do they start out hot and then fizzle out in the second? I mean, there's going to be some of that. And yeah. you almost want there to be some of that so they can be coached through it and led through it so it doesn't happen in conference play because it will happen at some point in the season. So, you know, it, if you're listening to this and you're kind of expecting excellence, you know, every step of the way, like it's going to take time. It's going to take time. And that's what Bruce Pearl is so good at. So, you know, don't panic if we see them struggle early on Friday night or, you know, at some point in the second half because 
I think that's coming. I think that's coming. I, I hope it doesn't happen, you know, before they do their big, uh, their big road trip in the Bahamas. But yeah, I, this is uh, this is a team that still has a long, long way to go. But the starting point, Hoke, the starting yeah. point Tuesday night is is yeah. a, is in a great spot. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, a, that's, that's, that's the key point. Yeah. Where they're starting at is, is, a, is a great spot. We know they're going to go through struggles. And that would probably be my one... You know, my one knock on them and the one thing to watch is going to be, um, you know, a little bit of that lull you saw in the second half. There's I, I think this team could could be tougher. Um, I think this team could could kind of grow up a little bit. I think they have a lot of fun. But I, I could what I loved about, for instance, a couple of years ago when it was Samir and Anthony McMacklemore and a Coro. Mm-hmm. Man, that team had been through it. That team had played a lot of basketball and, and they just were tough. I mean, they. They won games. You, you looked at the record and then you looked at some of the stats and you're like, I don't even know how they were that good. They won more games than the Final Four team in the, in the league um, because they were mentally tough. This team is going to have to learn that. They're going to have to learn to go through the downs, to be consistent, um, because as great as the personalities are with this team, I do see a little bit of, um, you know, for lack of a better term, immaturity. Okay. Just in terms of experience in basketball and, and and rolling with the punches, like I think I think that's where Zepp is going to be really valuable. I see in, in Jalen Williams, mm-hmm. um, I see in them guys who've played a lot of basketball. I see a calmness in guys like Zepp, Jalen that will help KD and Wendell um, when they go through those things. So I'm kind of with you on that. I think there's some things they'll go through, but the sooner they do, um, the better. And look, the league's loaded. Alabama's fantastic. Kentucky's fantastic. Tennessee's fantastic. Arkansas. I mean, Pearl's not lying when he's talking about those five teams and you could throw in, you know, I don't know how good LSU is. They're going to be good. But, man, there's those five teams, Arkansas, Tennessee, uh, Kentucky, Alabama, and Auburn, any of those teams, if you picked any of those teams to go in the Final Four as a national analyst, people would go, it's po- possible. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, they get yeah. hot at the right time. Yeah, it makes Certainly sense. It's possible. Right. So it's – it's, and I don't remember a time – I'd have to go back and look. I don't. I don't know off the top of my head of a time where you've looked at the SEC and been like, "Those first five teams could go to the Final Four, and I wouldn't even. I wouldn't argue that much with you. Wouldn't. I really wouldn't have a problem with that prediction. Yeah. So it's, no, it's, it's be, a loaded uh, conference, and well, the conference kind of all got together around the time Auburn hired Bruce Pearl, and it's yep. like we're going to care about basketball now. Yep. And thank goodness Auburn got their guy when they did, or you know, it would have been a lot more difficult, but. You know, Auburn's a part of this. Auburn's a part of this ascension of college basketball in the SEC. And obviously that final four run kind of made it legitimate. And, you know, winning the conference the year before in the regular season was a big deal. And so they're in the thick of it. And now you like Sharif Cooper was the celebrity guy last night, uh, you know, doing that, doing the cheer. And, you know, he's in the league, got drafted. You know, it's crazy to look at what Auburn's done over the past four seasons as far as, wins as far as getting guys playing professionally it's totally transformed everything and now it almost seems like every year you're going to get a guy like jabari smith where it's like okay this guy's a one and done 
But that's how you win championships is you have this, this ideal mix, this balance of one and done, just special talent that's, you know, waiting to go to the NBA and these veteran dudes. And this team has it. This team has that balance that a lot of these uh, these coaches are, are dying to have. And Bruce Pearl's built it here. So uh, we'll see if lightning strikes, but it definitely could. This is a special group. Yeah. And I'll make one point and we'll move on to football because you brought okay. up Sharif and those guys. You look in the stands against Morehead State. I saw an Okoro jersey. I saw a Chima Okiki jersey. And then, of course, there's Sharif. Um, and it's just it's just wild. And to show you how far Auburn's come, you have in the recruiting rankings now, you have Zion Cruz, who's a consensus top 10, 15 player. Auburn did not want him. He begged to come to Auburn. And, and Auburn, nope, Auburn just decided not a fit, okay? That's a five-star that Auburn's like, eh, okay. Then they lose Nick Smith Jr. to Arkansas, five-star. Nick Smith, fantastic player, tough loss. They lose him. So who do they go? Who do they then turn up the heat on and get? Chance Westry, oh, a five-star consensus player from Arizona. I mean, that's where Auburn's basketball is at. Westry, they loved Westry. They loved Nick Smith a tad more. Nick mm-hmm. Smith made his decision. So they go straight to Westry and say, come on aboard. And that's the backup plan? It, so Auburn, it's like not even it, – it, it's hard to even comp, like comprehend how, how far Auburn basketball has come. No, you're absolutely right. I, I was talking to, to somebody on staff about, about Westry uh, the day after they got him, and it's like – yeah, he's like a bigger, better, stronger Samir. And it's like, okay. I'm like, NBA good? He's like, oh, yeah, NBA good. It's like, okay, cool. This is where we're at now. So um, absolutely crazy. Yeah, when I was a student, you mentioned that, you know seeing the NBA jerseys there. When I was a student in the student section, uh, you would just wear like LeBron jerseys and <laughs> Kevin Durant jerseys and your Russell Westbrooks. But now it's like, okay, finally, we have Auburn dudes or like old Charles Barkley jerseys, of course. But yeah, we actually have active uh, NBA players, and it's it's cool. It's absolutely awesome. All right, let's talk football for a few minutes um, sure. before we get out. Um, tough loss at A&M, um, really, really brutal. Um, but, hey, look, Auburn's still on pace to go potentially, to, to, to go eight and four. I think that would have pleased most Auburn fans before the season. So what's the problem? What What's the problem? Is there a problem? Uh, no, I, I think eight and four is fine. Um, I think it depends. And eight and four, you're assuming they lose to Bama, right? Is, is yeah, that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I think it depends what that looks like, right? I think if you if you lose 56 to 14 at home, <laughs> yeah. like I think that eight and four looks a little bit different than, you know, if it's 27, 24 and you got a chance at the end of the game. I think that matters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you still you still look back and it's like, did he have a signature win? And like, I don't know if it's all miss against an injured Matt Corral. Uh, I, some people may say it's, uh, you know, beating the bad LSU team on the road. You know, you get a win down there for the first time in two decades. That's probably it. But we all would have taken eight and four going into the season. The vast majority of folks, um, because most people were saying seven and five. That was kind of the consensus across the country. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, what's the problem with it? I don't think anything. Um, you lose a lot this year. You also keep a good bit, but I can't wait to see what Harson does with the transfer portal in year two. Now that I think we all understand it a little bit more and this coaching staff understands it a little bit more. And also he may kind of have more, um, he may have more wiggle room as far as the class, depending on how much he fills this one out. But um, yeah, I, I think eight and four, assuming, you know, the iron bowl goes okay. I think a lot of fans would take it. Yeah. I think the feeling is, and I've heard people talk about that, and I agree. Eight and four was kind of my number. Um, 
I thought they were. I thought they had more talent than seven and five. New new staff, whatever. I just thought. Sure. I thought there was enough ability to go eight and four. I thought nine and three was was maybe the top for 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 what they are capable of in, in a new staff. I thought eight and four was 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 a good number. Um, but yeah, it depended on how it went. I think what's made it better, honestly, is a better Arkansas team and a better Ole Miss team. Those two teams are better than you thought they were going to be. Certainly right. Arkansas. Ole Miss we thought was going to be good, but we didn't know they were going to be ranked 10th when Auburn played them. Mm-hmm. So those two games and Auburn winning those two games, that's made this a better – you know, if Ole Miss and Arkansas are unranked, you'd go, well, they're about where they are. But I think those two teams being a little bit better. And, of course, winning in Baton Rouge. So, yeah, signature win. I mean, I guess you would say Ole Miss because they're ranked 10th in the country. They're still ranked – you know, I mean, what if they turn around and beat A&M this weekend? They're going to be right back around 10. Um and they could they could beat LSU at the end of the year. I mean, Ole Miss could end up Ole Miss could finish the season top ten team. Um, good, they absolutely could. You're right. And, and so I would say that one because and I'm not even sure. I have to go back and double check, but I think that was not just Harson's first top ten win at Auburn. First top ten win. I don't think he had a top ten win at Boise. He had a few ranked wins, but he did not have a top ten win. I think so. I think I think that's his first of his career. So I would say that's I would say that's his signature win. But yeah, big one. it depends on the Iron Bowl. How does that play out? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you lose that game by seventeen, eh, not great. Because uh, then you're going to look and go, hey, okay, regard, you know, whatever. You can say whatever you want, but you don't want to look back and go, you lost by twenty four to Georgia and seventeen to Alabama. Like that's your two rivals. You don't want to, you don't want to say that. that's what got Malzahn obviously in in, in trouble. Um, right. Mississippi State's a tricky game. They're they're a good football team. Um, I'm a little I, concerned about this weekend. Actually, I think they do. I think yeah. they've got a good defense. I think they're going to be able to to slow down Bo Nix in this offense a little bit, especially since that blueprint's out there a little bit more. I mean, I think it could be a sloppy game. I think it could be kind of a, yeah. like a, like a little ugly. Yeah. I don't love Auburn's pass rush either. I just, I, I just don't, I, I don't think it's been consistent enough. And when you're going to go up against a team, that's going to throw it 40 times. What does that look like? Oh. Um, They're so going like, to complete a lot of passes. Yeah. They're going to complete a lot of passes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, how many of them are downfield? You know, right, can, right. McCreary and Smoke and, you know, Pritchett, can they hold things um, for, you know, four or five seconds, you know, 15 yards plus downfield? And maybe they can. Can they do it 40 times? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. So I don't love this matchup for the Tigers. I think Auburn's going to win, but I do not think it's going to be pretty. And, no. um, Mississippi State's a good football team, and I, I didn't really buy into them until a few weeks ago, but it's like they they are a good football team, and it's because they kind of catch guys off guard. But I think this Auburn defense feels prepared. Uh, I was talking with Chandler Wooten earlier in the week, and um, he's like, yeah, you know, a lot of what they do is similar to what LSU did to them uh, earlier in the season, and they did a good job slowing that offense down. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what it looks like, but there's a few matchups in this game where I'm like, eh, I think that benefits. Uh, I think that benefits Mississippi State. Well, I mean, you're going to need Bo Nix to bounce back because you have right. a, you have a pretty good rush defense in Mississippi State. Um, oddly enough, I looked at the stats. Ole Miss, I mean, Mississippi State uh, and Auburn's rush defense are are identical yards per carry. Um, somehow, Mississippi State is facing ten carries less per game. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, they're they're only teams are running the ball twenty eight times a game against Mississippi State, thirty eight times against Ar- against Auburn. So th- those numbers, Auburn's done a little better job if you factor in they're facing ten more rushes per game. Um, but 
I think Bo Nix is going to have to bounce back because of that. I mean, Auburn hasn't been a dominant run team, so that's not going to start this week. Um, and, and he's just going to have to bounce back. And then on the defensive side, I, I just I have to think. I mean, will I mean Rogers is 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 playing fantastic this year. He completes a lot of passes. The way and if you factor that into how Auburn plays defense, I got to think Will Rogers completes. Gosh, at least thirty. He's going to complete thirty balls at least. Probably probably thirty five. Now, I think a lot of them will be in the, you know, below 15 yards, maybe even less than 10. But but they're going to complete a lot of balls. So it's going to be on Auburn to tackle, uh, to be patient, and to get off the field, you know, when they can and not give up those big plays. But, yeah, it's going to be a little, a little frustrating game because they're going to complete a lot of passes. Mm-hmm. Auburn's going to have to tackle well. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be not not pretty. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be – a game where Auburn goes out, plays really well, wins by four. Like, I think it, there's going to be times where you're like, this is kind of, you know, you just want to win this one, I think. And I'm curious the mindset, right? They bounce back from Penn State. Well, no, Penn State was not good. Georgia State, they bounced back from Georgia really well. Right. Uh, so I'm curious how they bounce back in that first quarter. Of course, Mississippi State's coming off a loss too. So there's some and, issues. And what happens, you know, Bo Nix uh, clearly got in his head. I mean, he yeah. looked like, you know, Bo Nix from a year ago and two years ago in that second half there, does that carry over? Is that done? What does that look like? Um, I don't think it ever ends with him. Like it, it, it he's, I, I was very, that was the most disappointing thing about him. I'm not a Bo Nix. I think there's a lot of issues and I think Bo Nix is a better people that were talking about TJ Finley. And I don't know where you're staying, but I saw some people like, can Finley get a shot? Should Finley get a shot against um, A&M? I was like, no, what in the world? Right. Th- there's so many issues going on here. Uh, Come on with the TJ Finley. Like TJ Finley's not, from what I've seen, TJ Finley's not better than Bo Nix. That's not the answer. What I'm disappointed yeah. at is is the mental part of Bo. We know that's always been the issue. And I just thought with this stretch of good football that he was maybe beyond that. Mm-hmm. And he just reverted back. That's what I saw. So it's one thing to play poorly, but he lets bad play turn into bad play, turn into turn into arguing with the refs, turn into a lot of animation and I'm okay. Look, he's a competitor and he's the quarterback. I hope he's yeah, fired right. up, but he, yeah, the mental part, I, I just hoped he'd take that step of being a little bit more uh, calm and not letting one thing turn into another thing. And and that's what I saw against A&M again. Oh, it, it definitely happened. You're absolutely right. And I'm with you. I, I think Bo Nix um, deserves to be the starter unless I don't know. I feel like they would have started Finley by now if they thought he was the guy. Like they had their perfect chance to start him. It could be his homecoming as LSU, and they didn't. I think there's a reason why they didn't do that. But how does Bo respond to all this again? And you know, we're probably gonna have this conversation a million more times before he leaves Auburn. But um, the offensive line was really bad. The offensive line was terrible. They could do nothing against uh, A and M. And I, I, I'm a little more okay with it when guys just flat out get beat. Right. If like a, a defensive end just owns an offensive tackle and it's like, okay, you know, he was a step faster than you on that play. Like I'm, I'm willing to write that off, but it's just, the, um, you know, we're so far into the season and there's just free rushers going at bow. And it's like, that shouldn't be happening at this point yeah. of the yeah. season. No, um, especially with all that tape that's now available. And like, you know, maybe that was the first time A&M did that blitz. I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> They should be prepared enough to where, like, at least get in the way. Like, I, I, I'm not asking you to beat them 100% of the time, but, like, at least recognize what they're trying to do to you as yeah. an offensive line and, you know, pass protection. And that happened a lot. That happened a lot. And, you know, 
there'd be two guys that come in for Jarquez Hunter and Jarquez can block one of them. And then it's the other one, obviously, you know, impacted Bo to throw it a little bit earlier. So I don't know. I don't know that that's not Bo Nix's fault. I don't think I'm not the guy, you know, I, I don't know exactly what, uh, you know, what all goes on at the line of scrimmage as far as who delegates what, as far as blitz pickup, but that's a problem that needs to be fixed too, but we don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about TJ Finley. Yeah, it, uh, it's 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 nonsense. No, we'll, we'll end on this. A and M was a was just a failure on all levels. Coaching, um, players, execution. There was not a good element. I mean, A and M clearly it was so obvious, and I feel like we have to say it because it's not making an excuse for Auburn. A and M had two weeks to prepare, and it absolutely looked like it. It mattered. They were, yeah. they were incredibly prepared. There were even some decent play calls that I saw that A and M was just there. I was like, that's not even a bad play call. I mean, I, I get why he did it right there. That, that, that's probably exactly when he probably should have called that. And A&M was very well coached and was always in the right position. And so we got to give them some credit too. And the players talked about it after the game. They were like, they just, they they never let us got going. They never let us got any, you know, get any momentum um, or any rhythm um, happening in the game. And and that was obvious. Auburn got beat coaching, coaching execution across the board on offense. Defense did the best they could. A right. uh, and didn't execute. Yeah, A and M had their drops, um, but 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 Auburn's defense did the best they could. Of they're a total bend but don't break. That's what you're going to get from them. Um, it works. Yep. And, and and they have it. It's just crazy that the defense hasn't given up a touchdown in six quarters. Like awesome, but the offense just decided not to score in six quarters. How does that happen? At the same time, the defense is like nobody's getting in our end zone. The offense is like awesome. We're also not going to score for six quarters. Yeah, I feel bad for the defense at times. And, you know, they're never going to come out and say anything. But, like, I, I just, I don't know. You, you got to score more than three points on the road. You got yeah. to. You got to. All right, dude. Appreciate you joining us, man. Um, let's uh, let's call it. Anybody um, that's listening, go to AuburnLive.com. Subscribe if you're not. Appreciate everybody joining us. Zach's show, Locked on Auburn. Uh, fantastic uh, podcast as well. So check him out. I'm sure everybody that listens to me already listens to him. So I don't even know why I'm having I imagine point. we got a lot of crossover, which is great, which is, which is awesome. All right, dude. Thanks, man. Thanks for everybody listening. And we'll see y'all next time.